Hello, how are you doing? Welcome to season three of Fail Harder. We are finally here. It took me far too long to get this season out, but you know what? Like so many of us, I've just been failing miserably the last few months. It's just been an incredibly tough time with all these lockdowns. But anyways, we're here. I've got a new season and I have some unbelievable guests lined up and they've just been so honest and so inspiring and I really hope that they can help you through this time like they have helped me. So Fail Harder is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network who have recently launched a very exciting community called Headstuff Plus. Headstuff Plus basically gives you access to loads of bonus content from your favourite Headstuff podcasts including fail harder. It is as little as a fiver a month and that money is going to help and support those podcasts and podcasters. So check it out. To kick off season three, I'm joined by the absolute legend, Charlene McKenna. Me and my friends have decided that we were in our wisdom that we were going to perform at some some school thing. I don't know what it was now. <laughs> and so I was like, right, I'll play Blue Moon and you will all come out on the stage and sing Blue Moon. <laughs> so I sit piano so nervous to start in front of the whole school to play Blue Moon and the bastards couldn't get the courage to come out onto the stage no I think they came out shit themselves didn't sing a note and ran back off stage and left me Blue just Moon. playing the same <laughs> over Blue Moon so I'm literally standing alone and that haunted me for like ever. People in the canteen were like, love your blue moon. Charlene became a household face and name after starring in RTE's Pure Mule. Since then, she has starred in numerous TV shows such as Peaky Blinders, Raw, Single Handed, Ripper Street. The list just goes on. Her new show, Bloodlands, is also currently airing on RTE and BBC. But today, Charlene is not here to talk about success. She's here to talk about failure. Hi, Emma Jane. You're very welcome to Fail Harder. <laughs> thank you very, very much for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. And congratulations on getting married. I know it, it only took 35,000 attempts and ended up being the smallest affair in the world. Do you know, it was actually perfect. We were meant to get married in July. Then we were meant to get married in August. Then we were meant to do a registry office in like September. Then we tried to move the whole wedding to April coming. And a little, little, little. my husband's American. So uh, his family couldn't fly over. Mm. Um, so, and I can't, because the travel ban, I couldn't fly to the States unless I was a spouse or a citizen. Right. So through the gigs and the rails we have and because he is american we had to sit a non-eu interview as a non-eu citizen marrying an e and we could not get the schedules to collide with his filming schedule we couldn't get it to collide with where he could quarantine for two weeks and then do the interview and then quarantine for another two weeks when he come back next time to get married so basically it took until january and we six of us went to castle leslie beside my house and we had a little civil ceremony and it was do you know i have to it was perfect the oh. weather was all white it was like my outside 
So it was just like a winter wonderland around here. And then um, just my very, very immediate family then, no friends, no anything, had uh, a dinner in my new house. But it was actually, it was, it, you know, it was, it was sort of just perfect. Oh, that's really nice. And then... So hopefully we'll have a party whenever the world is hopefully yeah. resumes normality and vaccines and all that with all the extended well Adam's family and then yeah. our, our friends and extended family and whatever so we'll do that whenever the world's quit ending and was it was it supposed to originally be a big wedding no like I always wanted a small wedding I mean I didn't want it six people small but I always wanted <laughs> a small wedding so it was gonna be um the problem is I'm one of six kids and Adam is one of six kids. Right. So the very for that takes you to about 40 people before you invite a single friend. So we were hoping to be around 90 people. So yeah. hopefully that'll be the party. A small wedding for Ireland, 90 people. Yeah, very small for Ireland, but huge for me and him. That's like loads of people. Loads of people. I'm so glad that it, that it was so nice. And is he gone back to America now or is he in Ireland with you? Oh no, I got to see him. I got a whole day with him as my husband before he left. Oh my God. He's filming on, he's on, so he's filming there until like October. And the, the two of you yeah. just going to do long distance for a while? Yeah, because I start Peaky on next week filming. And so we don't know how to figure, the, I don't really know how we're going to figure it out. But mm. we're just going to take it play by Maybe yeah. I, I have I have a few stuff in March. If I get released, maybe I can go to America. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's... I'm allowed into America. I'm a spouse, so I'm exempt. Oh. But I mean, I haven't seen my in-laws, I guess, now. I haven't seen his family in a whole year. And we're very close. Mm. So it's just so weird. So weird. I mean, I... I, left, I left New York in January with just a little overnight, like a little wheelie, like a little cabin bag. I left in January because I was due back um, mid-March. I was filming um, uh, Bloodlands up until March and then we were set to head back, both of us and then instead we lived with my parents for the entire lockdown. Just wow. me and Adam and mommy and daddy. So let me just quickly, yeah. <laughs> let me quickly explain the format before yeah. we begin. So I have 20 questions in front of me. Okay. All numbered at random, most are straightforward. However, some are a little bit unconventional and in the spirit of failure and trying to assert control over what life throws at us, you can pick the numbers. Let's go for number one. Number one. Okay. How do you measure your success? Oh God. Well, it depends on whether it's a good day or a bad day. If you're having... A bad day, you measure it against other people. <laughs> yep. You go on Instagram and you look at what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. You believe everything you see on Instagram and then you think you're a useless piece of shit. <laughs> so that's how you measure it on a bad day. <laughs> but that's not the truth. How do I measure? Mostly I am very in competition with myself. Right. So I'm more like if I put myself down, I'm... I'm furious. I'm very hard on myself and I'm very self-critical. So if I feel like I failed myself, that's that's when I get 
when I get really upset. Uh, but yes, how do I measure success? Yeah, that that's how. Um, like, it's where I want to be versus where I am and then finding a happiness with where I am. And it sounds trite, but I've always, I have always said that success to me is happiness. Mm. You know, like yeah. health and happiness. Not, and that's not being a cliche because that's when that is that is success. Because if you are, if you're happy, it do, it doesn't matter whether you've got five Oscars or you're happy mm. living in a shoebox or you're happy whatever. If you're happy, you're happy. Mm. So I do think success, like if you can, you know, keep your health good and keep your happiness good that's success if you mean career success or work success or you know there's so many successes you can be yeah. a successful friend sister daughter yeah but you are know. you good so it's are like you, that are you good at kind of like at, are you good at when you are feeling like content in your life but maybe you're not like where you want to be you know like career-wise or something like that for example like are you good at being like okay now I just need to be and enjoy this or are you still kind of oh I want to be doing something else do you get what I mean I guess both I think it just depends what day you're in what humor you're in like everybody you know mm. you have the great days where you do your yoga and you meditate like well I'm basically winning the life award <laughs> and then you have just days where just you're just feeling a useless piece of shit and you just you know you're hard on yourself and so it depends I think I think that's one of the positives out of the lockdown out of the pandemic is is it taught us all to stop and go what's really important where are we now and what does it really mean to be happy because we were stripped from work yeah all my jobs were cancelled everything that I planned was cancelled my like Peaky was cancelled Vienna Blood was cancelled uh my wedding was cancelled just just cancel but that <laughs> made you go wait and I had so much it I had so much joy during the lockdown so really? much joy so you go that's successful you mm. know learning to just go a day can be just walking the dog cooking just that can be that can be it yeah um so that taught us all i think how to how to do that is how to be like the success of the little things yeah so like were you surprised with yourself that when you weren't working that you were able to handle that so well I didn't think I could last. I love, I grew up on a farm. I grew up in the countryside, but I've always craved, you know, bright lights, big city. And, <laughs> and and I didn't think I could last as long just countries with none of your usual things. Like you're not going to the theater, you're not going to the cinema, you're not meeting your friends, you're never getting dressed up. You never, all just the little things that, you, that I thought were all who I am or you know you know um so I was I was surprised at how long I lasted I mean I'm still here now I mean I did go away and I did film and then I did come back at one point I was googling a bird clock oh a clock <laughs> birds on it that tells you birds, and I just didn't buy it and I was like that would have been a real lockdown purchase mm, I think it'd be a good purchase maybe I should buy it as a memory of the, of yeah. the pandemic. <laughs> remember, remember we bought the bird 
o'clock you were really you were you were grasping things, things were weird yeah but I think you're so right that like it so depends on the day especially the last year yeah. I've been like yeah some days I am a zen queen or I'm like super productive yeah. and then there's other days I'm just like oh my gosh I just don't want to get out of bed today this is all yeah so grim but like it literally just varies yeah. and we just kind of have to yeah. ride the wave and then you you've just the joy of hormones you know yes. like you just have there telling you a whole cocktail of shit and you're mm. like you're right I am amazing and then they're like why are you even who are you you're <laughs> awful I am Idiot. and <laughs> no one's missing so it just depends on the lovely little demons and angels in the head. Mm. And was your fiance, or sorry, your husband, was he with you for most of the year? I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, luckily, uh, he came over. Uh, we, we went to New York for New Year's last, before the world ended. And then I left for ages and I, because I was filming like every day. It was so intense, the shooting schedule. And then he came to visit me in mid-February. And as I said, we were meant to head back in March. And then, yeah, so basically he was there. I don't know. I mean, he left twice during the whole year. And he'd come back and then he'd quarantine for two weeks. And he, uh, but pretty much, yeah, thankfully, because I got, we were separated before now. We were separated for over three months. Right. He didn't get back. Um, that was August through till whatever December. So that was long, but the, before that, we were together nearly the whole time. Yeah, thank God. And thank you really God. know you want to marry someone if you're able to spend that much time together during lockdown. That time together with your parents. Oh, and PS, no Netflix. <laughs> we had no Netflix. What? It was just us. At, yeah, I know because we at that point the house wasn't finished, so we were in mommy and daddy's. I mean, it's more like a testament to him that he still wants to marry me, living with me and my parents. (laughs) All the teenage mood swings that, like, your parents evoke. You're like, oh, we're going to kill him. Yeah. Meanwhile, you can't even hide it after a while. (laughs) Like, this is me. This is that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm dramatic. I'm like, I'm too. What? It was, it was, do you know what, though? For the, for, I think we deserve a medal because we really we didn't fight. Wow. We got on each other's tip, but we didn't fight. Yeah. Well done. And me and Adam fought. We had good, but I'm very lucky that we, that it's it's a big house on a farm, so there's loads of places to storm off to and huff. Yeah, a lot the, of salt. Can, but then you have to come back, which is always the worst when you've stormed. Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're hungry and you need to make. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, should right, we don't talk to me. <laughs> yes. Uh, what number would you like next? I look. Let's so juice. <laughs> My face is so pink. Number six. Number six. But, yes. Number six. Okay, sorry. Number six. Did you ever fail anything in school? Oh. I was like a real mediocre student, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was real middle. I'm a real B. <laughs> I'm like, I did. I didn't. 
I think I spectacularly failed my pre's and stuff, but who didn't? Oh, yeah. I um, I had uh, I have two memories of failure in secondary school that I equated with. One's a funny failure, and one haunts me to this day. And it wasn't actually, it wasn't so much me failing as a teacher failing me. I had this English teacher who I, who just, she must have hated me. I don't know what happened. Right. And I loved, I mean, acting is language and breaking down. I loved English. I've always loved English. I've always like written poems. I love English, English language. And I was in higher level English and uh we were doing King Lear we were doing all this stuff and she just I mean she hated me she used to fire I remember one day she fired my homework at me and she told me she just said putrid and I was like okay and she started she was like you're you're not fit for this you need to drop down you need to drop down and I was like but I'm not I but I like I don't like like I had friends who were going you're better in English than I am like what so then I tried to get moved to a different English thing. Anyway, long story short, I was beaten down and I went, whatever, fine, I'll drop down. That's horrendous. And then in the lower level class, the teacher was like, why are you in this class? She was like, you're way too good at English to be in this class. She was like, you could get a B or an A in higher level. She was like, why are you in this class? I need to talk to that teacher. So then I think the teachers had a big row and that teacher the higher level teacher wouldn't take me back in and the other higher level teacher had no room so I had to sit lower level English which really like affected my results and then I got an A1 in like lower level Mm. but the whole year was like A1 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 in lower level she was like and and I was doing lower level with the higher level subjects yeah so I did all the higher level poems I I did all the Shakespeare's and I still I'm still so angry at that teacher. And do you know what? I'm angry at myself because my friend was like, just stay. Mm. And I was like, but I can't, I can't stay in this. I can't prosper when like everything's getting sla- like slaughtered. I hadn't the courage. So that I consider that a school failure. And the other one is, <laughs> this is to me, this is a funny one. I play the piano and me and my friends had decided that we were in our wisdom that we were going to perform at some some school thing. I don't know what it was now. <laughs> and so I was like, right, I'll play Blue Moon and you will all come out on the stage and sing Blue Moon. <laughs> so I sit the piano, so nervous to start in front of the whole school to play Blue Moon. And the bastards couldn't get the courage to come out onto the stage. No, I think they came out, shit themselves, didn't sing a note and ran back off stage and left me... Blue just moon. playing the same <laughs> over so I'm just literally standing alone and that haunted me for like ever people in the canteen were like love your blue moon like oh just kill oh. me I mean kill me oh no so that but otherwise I didn't like I didn't spectacularly succeed or fail in school mm. except those sort of moments that I can that I can remember and did you go on to study you didn't go you didn't study drama in university did you or what did you study no when I look back I'm an idiot I um I studied classical music and theology but I 
I should have done drama. I remember there was no Lear or anything then. Right, yeah. You get into Trinity drama, 7,000 points. Mm. So I I also have a, I have a bit of an allergy about like talking about like the craft sometimes and breaking it down. And sometimes I get a bit, oh, shut up. <laughs> so I have like a, it's, I don't know what it is. And I was like, oh, they're going to want to, I, in my, this is 18 year old head. It was all, we're going to have to like talk, roll around in sheets. And I, I that is what that you do. Actually. Like, I, you do do that. That <laughs> is actually what you do. So you weren't wrong. <laughs> but I, I'd say part of it was an excuse because I probably didn't believe in myself. I probably didn't think I'd get in because I didn't even try to get into music school straight out of the leaving because I was like, you won't get in. You're not good enough. So I did property economics for like three months and went, oh, this is a mistake. And then I was like, right, like the balls to the wall, you have to, now you're going to have to apply to music college. In my head, I was like, that'll be a good backup career. And if you I, did know I had you an wanted... agent already. Ah, okay. I, I had an agent when I was 16 because I did a TV show at 16. And then I, I, I mean, a dodgy, dodgy, are you really an agent? No, but what do I know? Um, <laughs> and then I got a real one. But yes, so I was like, that can take off. He was getting, he got me some auditions. And then I was like, I'll study music. I'll do that. Then I can do that. I have a career. I have a job. So I was the sensible one. My parents were like, don't do that. Mm. They were like, go mad. And I was like, no, no, I must be sensible. <laughs> were you going to be like a teacher or something then on the side? Yeah. I teach music and I can teach theology and all that stuff. But being an actor was like what you really did want to do. Yeah, like and I was doing it all the time, like in getting the garage theatre in Mona and I was doing plays all the time and musicals and I was still in uh, youth theatre and all that, um, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Mm. When did you kind of have the moment when you were like, I can actually do this now as you know my career like as a career yeah uh, any day any day <laughs> I don't think you ever go well that's me sorted um no I probably you're one on peaky blinders <laughs> every day you go well every job you're only as good as your last job and every job you go will I work again though maybe this is the last call sheet I'll ever read and like I'm so dramatic. <laughs> Goodbye. I go, well, I've had a good innings. It's been a good long time now. Um no, I guess I I got uh breakfast on Pluto with with Killian, with Killian oh, yeah. Murphy and Neil Jordan when I was eight, when I was studying music. But that was in the summer. So I filmed that. Uh I didn't know what I was doing. Um I look back now, I can't even look at it. I'm scared. Oh, that's like, a great oh, movie. Oh, cringes me. It cringes me. I'm like, oh, learn how to act. And then I went back to college and then I got Pure Mule. Oh, yeah. So then when I got Pure Mule, I had to take time out of college to film it because it was long. It was like a six-month shoot. Mm. So I filmed all that, still went back to college. And then that's what got me my real agent that got me a proper agent in Dublin and then I so I went back to college and then I got a tour I got the Lonesome West the Martin McDonough play uh, a national tour 
so then I had to defer college for a full year. Right. And that was kind of, I went, probably not going back. I'll probably give this a go now. Mm-hmm. I am so probably. I never went Yeah. And look at you now. Because that film and Pyramid was a hit. And I was like, maybe I can keep trying at this. Mm. So that was it. And that, and that really was it. That, that was, I've never touched wood. I've never worked in anyone else since. Mm. And are you genuinely still to this day, you still are like, you still have the fear of, you know, you might not get the next job. Well, there's so many actors now. There's so much, like, there's just the competitions out of control. And then you worry because you're like, oh, I'm not 20 anymore. So I can't, I'm not that, you know, I'm not the ingenue anymore. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. And then I remember someone going, have you started playing mothers yet? When you start playing mothers, you're grand, you're into the next league. And I was like, but then am I old? What? <laughs> so, yeah, no, I do. You do. So what will be next? What will be next? Because you keep wanting to build on the momentum. Yeah, yeah. No, that's totally true. And I suppose you can't take anything for granted either. It's just such a precarious industry. Totally. Mm. Totally. Shall we move totally on to the next number? And it's totally absolutely sorry the delay mm. i was like well anyways we're doing fine what number did you say eight <laughs> number eight okay this is a fun one in the game oh. in the game monopoly what color are the group of oh. properties that are the second cheapest on the board oh like haven't played monopoly since i was a teenager Let's say green. Close. Yellow. Blue. Light blue. Yay! Hey! I I basically got that right. You basically did. You did. You did. I invested in Boggle there last week. Heard of it? What's Boggle? What's Boggle? Are you joking? No. It's like oh, you've definitely seen it before. It's like. it's all these like different um, pieces with like different letters on them. And then you shake it up in like a thing and then you put it into um, kind of like a grid. And then you've got, I think, is it like two minutes or something to try and like make as many number or as many words as possible with the letters. Oh, oh, that would stress me out so much. Yeah, I'm mock with it. That's I'm just so stressful. It. I'm so stressful. <laughs> For my Hindu, me and the girls played Trivial Pursuit, but with those mouth widening things in. Oh, yeah. You know, the, what do you call that? You know, where you'd pull your teeth really far apart? I don't know what the name that is now. Was that those two, Trivial Pursuit and that mouth thing combined with alcohol is spectacular. Amazing. <laughs> I was just looking for something new to do. I was like, it I need is. to stop. I keep... Uh, this year I've watched so much so many different TV series and I was like I need more activities so yeah. I'm invest in Boggle yeah but I've only played it once so I mean gonna I switch it's going well gonna put you on my 3G and see. oh yeah do are you there yeah oh I shouldn't have done that I tried to put you on my 4G but it was worse oh no okay well stick to the You're Wi-Fi back. it's fine it's just Zoom it's yeah. the worst but look we're doing fine it's my rural. Listen, we're making art in lockdown against to be the fair, odds to be fair like I live in London and I thought that the Wi-Fi in London would be unbelievable 
But actually, my Wi-Fi in the back of nowhere in Tipperary is better. Is better? Yeah, this one can be really dodgy. Maybe you're on a shite package. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Maybe you need you're to pay probably for right. Yeah. <laughs> we need to upgrade. Okay, what number would you like next? Yeah. I'm Geraud Farrelly and I'm the host of Fascinated. Have you ever wondered about the pop bands you liked as a teenager? What went on behind the scenes? We had played this like grand prank. It sounds terrible, but I'm just so relieved it's over. And then they had this like great idea of getting another girl in who looked like Heavenly. What did they do afterwards? And all of a sudden you're like, that's the end of that. It was all blowing up when it all kind of just unraveled. And I thought it would last forever, and it didn't. Check out Fascinated with me, Gerald Farley, on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Um, seven. What part of failure is impossible to put a positive spin on? Oh, shit. I mean, I mean, it... Death. (laughs) Like, what what can you not put a part? You can kind of put a positive spin on anything. Um, for me, I guess that is for me. What can I not put a spin on? Yeah, Um, do you know? There's just kind of like usually with failure, you can you know say, oh well, you know this could happen for this reason, or I'll learn from this. But you know sometimes it's actually just too much or too hard or you feel too shit I, I guess for yeah I guess if it's um I like what's coming to my mind is like when it's been if you've had relentless knockbacks or relentless mm-hmm. like rejections like in work or something if you get a whole bunch of no's because you can handle the first few or you can handle as you can handle that but if it keeps happening you just get worn so mm. far down and you're like no no I'm not putting a positive spin on this it's just shit and I think sometimes it's important you know I've had different I've had like huge like huge life changing job moments that were all set to go your way and then for some reason it didn't and like you in that moment you think your life is depending on it because you're mm. so consumed by it and I think it's important when they happen to give yourself the don't bother with the positive spin. Call yeah. a spade a spade. Lie mm. in the shit. Yeah. Do whatever you need to do for a like for for a time period. And then you need to go, right, okay, now you enough. Get up. Like yeah. my like my husband would always be like, You can take a day. Take a day. Yeah. And then tomorrow it's a new day. We're starting over. Mm-hmm. Have the day, mourn it. <laughs> Um, you know, do whatever mm. you need to do, eat whatever you need to eat, uh, and then and then enough. But I'm trying to think, I can't think of something so so you like I basically I do try and put some kind of positive spin on on all failures eventually. Yeah. So I can't think of one that you couldn't put. I guess just if you've had so many. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think so many knockbacks. And have you like have you personally went through it? Huh? Or like a health thing, but that's not a failure, even though. Yeah. You know, you, mm-hmm. I remember my mother actually had, my mother went through ca- breast cancer like 10 years ago now, and touch which she's okay. But I remember her saying, I remember being struck by her saying, 
that she felt like getting, she felt she, she had failed herself. She, she said, I feel like, like my boobs have let me down. Mm. She, she had a really strange reaction to being told that. And I was like, that is so untrue. Mm. She was like, I feel like I've failed. I've got cancer. I can't believe that that happened to me. And even though she would never view anyone else that had it as a failure, it was her weird reaction to it. So I guess that would be a thing that might feel like a failure that might be hard to put a positive spin on. Yeah. And are you good at managing like all of the rejection and stuff that comes with, you know, being an actor? Sometimes, um, and sometimes no. It's always things. It always chips at you. It always I because I, I am a perfectionist and I do work hard and I really do try to put my best foot forward. So is that if I don't get something, I go well. At least I really know that I did my best. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge Maya Angelou fan. Like I've read every single book she's ever written. And I try to like keep her in my head for those moments, but 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 again, like we were saying, like it depends on what mood you're in. Like yeah. there's days where you go, I'm still fierce, bitch, and it don't matter. And then there's just days where you're like, well, that's the truth. But of course, I didn't get it because I'm a piece of shit. So <laughs> it's just depends on what humor you're in. It's again what humor in and how you yourself and mm, and how did you find. How did you find like working over in America as opposed to you know Ireland and the UK? Um, that my skin was absolutely nowhere near thick enough. Because <laughs> you're just like you're just a number. I I was so and because I'm such a perfectionist and because I thought I had to prepare for every single pilot that like they were. Scorsese's next movie and then going but this is a lot like these scripts are shit but yet I'm tearing myself apart trying to turn them into something and make myself and but you know what but again like I'm and they like you know it led me to a complete nervous breakdown but I'm now glad of oh, I'm glad of of that I'm glad of being literally being so broken down that I really like broke down yeah, because it made me stop and it forced me to reassess massively. Mm. And you're like, oh, and it that was very, very character defining of, mm. of like my character. Yeah. So in a weird way, yeah, as usual, often those things are blessings. Yeah. And like, how did you handle that then? Did you go back to Ireland after you did have that break or? Oh. Straight back to my parents' house, back into my teenage bedroom, just died for a few months, got a therapist, talked to people, um, and then slowly, slowly but surely picked my way back out of it. Mm. But I was completely on the floor. Yeah. It was, it was all, it was because I never stopped. I, I kept thinking I had to be all these things and I kept on to the next on to the next I never stopped and then I and uh, yeah it was all just so much Mm. and are you good good oh yeah so I am glad that happened 
are you good at like recognizing those feelings now when they happen when they come up like much much better Mm. so much better um and I've also learned so much more about the industry and how it really is an industry and how it really is just a business yeah it's business like it's 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 I the, the politics of it. I've learned so much more now. I'm like, oh right, I was mm. very naive. Um, so in that sense, you st- even though it still nicks at you, you really start to learn that while it is personal for you, it's not personal. Yeah, mm. and it's not even and it's not even about talent. It's about a whole cocktail of things and a whole like collective of peoples and opinions and theories and all this stuff that's so outside your your wheelhouse it's so outside your control that you're like I'm just one tiny little like insignificant you know it's it's an industry yeah I have a friend who's a movie director she had her list of actors that she wanted for this particular project and she was and these were huge names I mean Hollywood names right and um she I I sat with her and I saw and she the, the ones that she wanted who were right for the part um they were like no they won't get us enough finance and she was emailed a list of huge stars with letters next to their name like you know so and so they're like a B so and so's a D they're like an A they're like an A minus in terms of what finance and they'd get you. And some of the B's and C's and D's, huge stars, huge yeah. Oscar winners. And you're going, blah, blah is a B? And you're like, if blah, blah is a B, I don't exist. Like, I don't want you go, oh, right. Okay. Right. Jesus. But you're still in your own lane. So, yeah, just stay in your own lane worry about yourself yeah for sure no you're dead right you're dead right um shall we move on to the next number what would you like no uh let i should do a big number let's do 20 number 20 okay what composer with the initial excuse me let's start again what composer with the initials lmm wrote the musical hamilton Oh, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Lynn, Lynn, Lynn Miranda. Lynn Manuel Miranda. Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Woo. When I said that, when it grew away to my mouth, I was like, I've seen it the wrong way around. No, I haven't. No, I have. What? Uh, I've never seen it. I mean, it should be ashamed of myself. You should. It is. It's on Disney Plus now. I don't have it. I don't have any of those channels. I really have to, like, join the modern world i've got mm-hmm. netflix and i think i am terrific oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm i'm ahead still have all the others amazon prime disney plus see i get the free trial often if there's something i really really want to watch but then i don't actually go literally on. about three days ago my friend just told me to do that she was like just get the free trial like i'm very i i don't like tech i don't like mm. phones i don't like i get nervous i'll forget and then I'll need to remortgage my house because I'll have all these subscriptions that are just because <laughs> I forgot. It's the kind of stuff that keep me up at night. So I'm like, just go away. Just keep it very simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But 
if you do yes. eventually get but Adam is all this stuff so I use him yeah it's so good yeah. I actually because I I, I'm not mad I know this is not you're not really supposed to say this but I'm not mad about watching theater on the screen like I love theater oh, but great. I hate I mean, yeah. yeah like I haven't really tuned into that many that's like, also a reason why yeah but yeah, Hamilton is like filmed over like a couple no. of days. So it's not like they've done it really well anyways. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> I we did they did that like the NT Live. Um it wasn't it wasn't NT. We when we did um Ghosts in the West End, the Ibsen play, they filmed us like that over three days because it's available somewhere to watch, which I can't bear to look at. But when we were filming it, they, we obviously had we never wore mics. We we just used our diaphragms, darling. Oh yes. And but obviously for film, we had to wear mics. Talking about failure, and whatever happened in the opening of the play, I'm doing my big bit, and my mic dropped down. So I'm in full um period costume, but my mic dropped down. Not only did it somehow drop down, but it spun around my ankle, the cord. So it was like having my shoelaces tied together. And I had to obviously like try and traverse the stage and be all over the place. And I was like, I was like with my little small feet under my huge skirt. And I know, because you know how expensive those mic packs are. I was like, Mm. I have no choice. I have to break this. So I had to kick my legs, like snap the wire. And talk about taking the audience out of the moment the mic packs flew out from under my skirt and flew out flew across the stage and like the first row. oh god and i was like oh that's ruined i'm actually just remembering as well that i went to see you in gatsby Yourself and Paul Mescal. Oh, and yeah. you had a bust leg. Uh, I'm just remembering that now. Oh, did you see it then? Yeah. I never missed a show, my I, I you were you were single, amazing. You know? God. Uh, was I so I, was I did I have was I back dancing on the bad leg or was I completely busted? I think you were fairly busted. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Oh, I was very busted then. Oh, you missed all the dance. Oh, I pissed me I off actually so went when <laughs> Simone Collins, so you weren't playing that role anymore when it came back. I actually worked on the show as one of the, you know, dressed up in my 1920s gear and I was like going around with oh, the actors. I so I actually am so familiar with the show. I'm like, I've seen all of the dancing like a billion times. <laughs> I am... Um... I, I went, I got to go see it when Simone did it. Oh, it was so nice to be able to Yeah. Because other than in rehearsals, we have never got to see each other's bits live because oh, we yeah. were busy doing the whole show. So it was, it was, I mean, it was weird. It was so weird because I was like, I know every word, I know every, I'm like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, it was so funny. Wasn't funny, but the night I did my leg in, the cast, the rest of the cast, like, were like, well, sure, we'll not be in tomorrow. Booze, and then they were all <laughs> called in super early because I was like, No, I'm not missing the show. The sh- like, literally, the show must go on. They were like, Sorry, what? What do you mean? And then they were like, So there was a collective, like, you have to come in early. And they were like, What? S- sorry, <laughs> no, no, not in early. No show. 
um, oh, poor Paul carrying me around. He Paul had to carry me because I ran that night the length of the gate. You know the, the gates. You know the doors at the very back of the theater. Yeah. So I ran from the very front front of where the stage would be the whole way, of, and then triple clicked my ankle on a bit of like carpet plus the little twenties heels, mm. and then got through the double doors and just fell over. <laughs> and it's the moment where Daisy and Gatsby are running off together. So we, Paul was with me, and he was like, "What, what, what?" And I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" So he had to carry me running the entire, all through the entire back of the gate, which is not simple. No, up steps, down steps, all around, 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 and literally perch me on a couch like this to do the rest of the show. And then I just had to do it sat. And then Mark Huberman, who didn't know, and he had to pick up the next bit of slack. <laughs> so I had to stand, be all dramatic with him. And then he, I was like, I can't stand up. And he was like, what? So he was like holding me up. <laughs> but the audience must have thought I was really over egging the tears. Yeah, but I was like, at least those sobbing. scenes are emotional. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. But it was like too much emotion. I was in so much pain. Oh. That it was like, they were like, wow, this is a slightly different version. Yeah, I'm fairly sure but, uh, that, yeah, you, that was, uh, was carrying you in the dance, I think. He oh, definitely brought you up God. and downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. times. Just, and then they got those 1920s crutches that literally would rip your armpits off. Oh, yeah. so high, you know that? Mm. period crutches that don't that don't give i was like oh my god yeah actually but yes the joy the joys i actually <laughs> my own failure story but i worked on that show in the gate like for whatever how many months and then when i moved over to london initially i was trying to get a job and i went for a job for gatsby the exact same show like the exact same production over in london and I went to the interview. I did like two interviews. I was like, yeah, I've done the job before. I know yeah. the show off by heart. I was like, obviously, I'm going to get this job. They didn't pick me. I was like, what the hell? I've actually worked on this show before. What? That's terrible. That's absurd. Yeah, I was definitely. Oh, you see, but you just don't know. This is... <laughs> Life is so random. It's so, so random. random. I was like, who could have been better for the jobs. job? <laughs> oh, I've had jobs that might as well be written. It might as well describe me from head to toe. It might mm. as well describe my face. It might as well just describe me in detail. And I've been told, yeah, you're not right for us. And I'm like, what? I mean, what? Yeah. Yeah. Are you saying? But <laughs> hey, and you know, and then you get a job where you go, I'm so wrong for this. And they're like, yeah, you've got it. And you're like, what? Uh. So yeah, what's been your favorite job sense. that you've ever had, or would you be? Was, is there any like oh. job you've had that kind of stands out for you? That's like picking kids. I've got um, Ripper Street because I met Adam, oh, and because it was such a joy to work on. Mm. Uh, Raw because I loved that character. She was yeah. just such a gift to play. It was um, I mean, I look back now and I go, oh, she was, what a great female lead. Yeah. Like years ago. Mm. Um, it was a great uh, show. Pure Mule, because it was the first 
big TV show I ever done, and it was so special. Mm-hmm. I watched it when it, they put it on during lockdown. I rewatched it because now it's far enough away that I can not watch it through my hands. <laughs> and I was like, I don't mean me. I mean the show. I was like, this is fantastic. Mm. It was so beautifully shot and acted. It was all shot on film and showcasing the Midlands and like rural Ireland. And I was like, and the madness. And you, I know that madness. And I was like, oh, yeah. it was so beautifully written by, by Eugene. Um, so Pyramid, I guess, Raw, um, Ripper Street, because of that. And Peaky now, not just because of because it's a big show, but because it's Anthony Byrne directs it. And I did a show, I did single-handed, a TV show with him a hundred years ago. And then I worked with him on Ripper Street. And now I'm working with him again. So that makes it really special to me. And to work with Killian again after working on my first ever film with him that's special yeah it's like a coming full circle or something and like it's um, Gillian Murphy just so good and I and I yeah and Bloodlands I was also <laughs> very special which I just wrapped it's coming out in February I think with Jimmy Nesbitt because it was just it was me and him and a couple of heads Chris Wally's in it um, oh, yeah. and the crack the crack it's Jed Mercurio's new show the crack of it was just phenomenal because the weather was so extreme and we were trapped on this northern <laughs> Irish island with no toilets no food it was it was an epic failure <laughs> it was actually because they had all these plans and none of them worked out so we couldn't get food we couldn't get thing the producers were tearing their hair out it was a nightmare mm. we somehow rallied and it was spectacular crack because of the madness and the minus conditions and taking a speedboat to go for a piss. It was bananas. Yeah, yeah. Bananas. So basically so that was all that. of the production. <laughs> no, I've left out loads, Emma Jane. There's actually loads <laughs> there that I was in that I haven't. Let me just get my IMDb up here. And My mother. But the artist said... you can't pick because it's like, yeah. It's like having kids. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. My mom, when I told her I was chatting to you today, she's like, oh, I'm changed. She's just brilliant in pure view because my mom directs like <laughs> Amdram and she was watching, she rewatched <gasps> Pure Mule to get the Midlands accent or she or something like that. She was trying to watch it oh, for that Jesus. <laughs> Anyway, she thought you were brilliant. <laughs> oh, tell her thanks, Emma Jane's mummy. Which you are. I think we have time for one last question. What number would you like? Okay. Oh, 18. Number 18. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? Well, it's tricky. I do. But I don't believe it to the point where I don't think you can direct your own fate. Do you know that? famous line if you don't make the subconscious conscious it'll direct your life and you'll call it fate Mm, Um, I always have that in my head Uh, I always have that in my head because it's true I think if you don't really look at yourself and really look at your triggers and your flaws and your colouring and your background and your story if you don't look into that I think there'll be 
there'll be con- mind conditioning in there that will be directing you. And that's what it, you know, that's what it means. Like if you don't make the subconscious conscious, it will direct your life and then you'll call it fate. So in that regard, I think if you do that self-work, you can start to look at yourself very brutally and then from there, hopefully make better choices, better informed mm. choices for yourself. However, I, I do believe that there is a higher power and I do believe the universe kind of has your back. And I do believe that uh, when things do go your way and don't go your way, that that is what was meant to happen in that moment. Mm. So I guess I, does that, am I, yeah, am I, no, am I contradicting myself? But I, I do believe it, but I also believe that we have free will and we can steer our own ship. But I think within the steering of the ship, the sea's going to yeah. hit us for shit. And that, I think, is meant to be. It's just much harder to think it's happening for a reason when it's bad. You know, when something works out, you're like, yeah. well, if I hadn't done this yeah. or, you know, I wouldn't have, this thing wouldn't have happened. But then yeah. Yeah. the terrible thing that's happened, you're like, well what's you know what's the reason you're like fuck this yeah (laughs) fuck you universe but you know I think that that that's where that's where you do the inward that's the that's the universe giving you the like the time for the inward inspection because that's the Mm. it's the you know they say do we look for lessons to lessen the pain and it's like yeah we do but but that's where the growth is. Mm. Like, I really believe that's where the growth is. It's a down in the nitty gritty. It's in the ugly. It's in the pain. It's in the awfulness that we feel about ourselves. And I, I do really believe that. And, mm. uh, you know, my darkest times really are the biggest, the biggest curveballs and the biggest informers of who I am now and how I live my life now. And I wouldn't want to go back, but I wouldn't change one of them. Mm. even though they were yeah that's so great um that's a a really good note i think to end on some solid there (laughs) yes thank you just do as i do guys um thank you this has been great crack i've really enjoyed chatting to you thank you you too i wish we had better buddy wi-fi but thank you so much for having me Thank you for listening to this episode of Fail Harder. I really hope you enjoyed it. It'd be so helpful if you could spread the word by sharing it on social media, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, tell your friends. One or all of those things are just so, so helpful. Thank you so much.